Hello and welcome to the Iron Sharpens Iron Bible Study Podcast. Uh, this is episode 7 and we'll be starting chapter 3 of the book of James this week. Earlier, James wrote that those who are practicing true, pure, and undefiled religion before God bridle the tongue. The next few points from James are about choosing the right path and practicing godliness that is pleasing to him. Uh, In this section, James is going to teach us about how each of us possesses a dangerous weapon. Each of us is born with an instrument that can do great damage or great good. James is going to teach us about how we use the tongue. Um, We're going to start in chapter 3, and we're going to read verses 1 and 2. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. The first warning James gives us is fairly surprising. James says that many should not become teachers. To me, this seems a bit counterintuitive. Why would James say that Christians should rethink the idea of becoming teachers? James cannot be saying that no one should be a teacher, because then there would be no one to preach the gospel. In fact, Paul said that God gave shepherds, evangelists, and teachers for the equipping of the saints. God, he wants teachers. I think we can infer that there were Christians who were saying, why don't I get my turn to be a teacher? I should be a teacher. I think there were people then, as there can be today, who see teachers as having a glorious position with the opportunity to stand in front of the group as if there is uh, some sort of personal glory in that. But James begins with a warning that is easily overlooked. Do you also want to be judged more strictly? Are you prepared to be judged with a greater strictness? It is certainly true that teachers are judged by other Christians more strictly, But that isn't what James is talking about here. James is referring to God's judgment. Why will teachers be judged with a greater strictness? James explains in verse 2, and the sentence begins with the word for, showing us that James is explaining this about teaching. The reason teachers will be judged with a stricter judgment is because we all stumble in many ways. And one of the ways we stumble is in our words. We have many areas of weakness and points of falling short of God's desire and will, but one area in which we stumble is in what we say. I think the implication is pretty clear. Teachers talk more. Therefore, teachers will be under a stricter judgment because they will have said many more words than those who are not teachers. It's not that God is judging teachers differently than other Christians, it's that teachers speak more than those who don't teach, and therefore there are more words to be judged uh, by God. Uh, verse 2 also reveals James's attitude about the tongue. Anyone who does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to bridle his own body. The person who can control the tongue is a complete, uh, mature Christian. His point is that controlling the tongue is difficult. The person who can control the tongue is clearly a person who has developed spiritual control over it. 
James shows us that one of the principal marks of maturity is self-discipline. Self-discipline in regards to one's speech is rare. It's commanded, but James observes how rarely such control is exercised. Let's read on here verses 3 through 5. It says, If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. James now explains why the tongue must be controlled. The tongue is a very important part of the body. James uses three illustrations to express what the tongue is like and why it must be controlled. Uh, the first comparison is that of a bit in, in, in a horse's mouth. Horses obey their riders because the bit is put in the horse's mouths and the riders pull the reins so that the bit moves the horse. That bit is what riders use to control the whole body. Uh, this is an important observation that James is making. The bit controls the whole body of the horse. The, the, the second comparison he makes is that of the rudder of a ship. Large ships are driven by strong waves and wind. However, though the ship is large and is tossed by the winds, it has a very small rudder that guides the boat by the will of the pilot. The second observation is similar to the first. Uh, the, the bit controls the whole body. The rudder controls the whole ship. The second observation was implied in the first illustration, but is expressly stated in this illustration. James implied that the rider of the horse has control over the animal. James now states that the pilot of the ship has control over the large ship with the rudder. In both illustrations, someone has control over the whole body. And the third and final illustration he makes is a small fire. Uh, you know, how a small fire can set ablaze a great forest. Uh, we, we see this in California all the time. Someone lights a spark and millions of acres have been burned because of it. It was just a, just a few years ago when it was thought that the fires in San Diego may burn to the ocean because the blaze could not be put out. However, the, the fire illustration adds one more dimension to James's teaching. A small fire is a devastating and destructive thing. The conclusion is at the beginning of verse 5. So also the tongue is a small member, but it boasts of great things. The tongue is this small member, but it gets us in a lot of trouble. A modern comparison would be that uh, the tongue is like a steering wheel. It, it's small, but it controls where we go. The first important point that James wants us to take away from these illustrations is that if we can master our words, we can also master our lives. Winning the battle of the tongue goes a long way to winning all of our other battles. But this requires a change of heart. James, or Jesus rather, taught that it is from the overflow of the heart that the mouth speaks. You see that in Matthew 12, 33 through 35. 
So we cannot think that we will simply change our words and that will be the end of the story. We must change uh, the heart so that we can control the tongue. By controlling the tongue, we will exercise greater mastery over uh, the other members of our body. Let's read on here verses 6 through 8. It says, And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature, can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. James moves to a second point about why we need to control the tongue. And the second reason is that the the tongue, while small, has a very destructive power. The tongue is a fire with the power to set fire to all of our relationships. Not only does the tongue corrupt the whole person, but it also sets on fire and wreaks havoc throughout one's life. Careless words destroy relationships and destroy lives. We hurt feelings and ruin relationships. We also hurt our own lives by our tongue. We get ourselves in all sorts of trouble because we are not slow to speak. Did you see that James says that the tongue stains the entire body? We need to see that our tongues are corrupting us. The words that we say corrupts our hearts. When we speak with filthy, crude language, we are corrupting our hearts and our thinking. This has been James's point. The tongue controls the body. When our tongues are foul and filthy and are not godly and pure, then our bodies will follow along. When we gossip and speak malicious words, then we become ugly uh, people with dark hearts. When we slander people, we are exposing our cold hearts. Our words darken our hearts and stain our souls. And even further than that, our words change people. Our tongues set fire to the course of human existence. This cycle just keeps going and going from generation to generation. Our careless words and hurtful words are harming people and setting the lives of others on fire. James shares with us the, uh, some irony in verses 7 and 8. Humans have been able to tame all kinds of wild animals and birds, but why are we not taming our own tongues? The tongue is more difficult to tame than any of the wild animals. The tongue is a restless evil and it is full of deadly poison. It seems that the tongue is almost compared to a venomous viper. This thought leads to the, the final point, as to why we must control and tame our tongues. Let's, let's read about that in verses 9 through 12. It says, With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessings and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. James observes how inconsistent we are with our tongues. With our tongues, we bless the Lord, but then 
We curse people who are made in the very image and likeness of God. From the same mouth flows blessings and curses. How is this possible? Why do we do this? But this is most certainly what happens. One moment we can be saying beautiful, uplifting words, and at the next moment tear a person down with our words. I want us to feel the force of James's words. He says, My brothers, these things ought not to be so. This is just plain wrong. This has a connection back to the double-minded person in James uh, 1 and verse 8. We are not fully dependent and loyal to Jesus. We have not surrendered our tongue to Jesus. We have not decided to bridle our tongues. We just speak our minds. We cannot be God-focused and have a critical, filthy, or impure tongue. Our words of worship should condemn our consciences for all the things we have used our mouths for this week. How is it that our mouths are praising God when we said the kinds of things that we said to other people yesterday? How can our mouths claim Jesus to be the Lord when last week we said all the kinds of improper things? Ephesians 4 and verse 29 says, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. Verses 11 and 12 uh, drives a stake into our hearts. A spring cannot pour out fresh water and salt water. Also, a fig tree cannot bear olives. A grapevine cannot produce figs. A salt pond cannot yield fresh water. What is the point with all of these examples? A disciple cannot have a mouth that speaks curses, uh, hurtful words, inconsiderate words, impure words, or words that do not build up. James's implication is very clear. Springs do not produce fresh and salt water. Christians, true Christians, do not speak blessings and curses. Fig trees don't bear olives, and Christians uh, do not allow their tongues to go unchecked or uncontrolled. Uh, I think we can draw a few conclusions from these few verses of chapter 3. The first being, we need to realize the formidable opponent we have to tame, and that's the tongue. True Christians practicing uh, saving faith control their tongues. Uh, point two being that the tongue can only be tamed with God's help. We need a renewed heart to change our tongues. Uh, point three, <clears throat> watch out for our inconsistent tongues. Do not let it happen. We, we cannot be lax in controlling the tongue. And then the fourth and final point before we close out is realize the damage our tongues cause. Guys, as always, I'm so glad that you're uh, here listening. Um, if you enjoy the podcast, be sure to like, share, and subscribe. Uh, that that's, that's it for this week's episode. And all, as always, uh, God bless, and we'll see you next week.